Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. I have a great word for you uh, today. I told our staff already on uh, and the, lead, the wider leadership team. We come together every six weeks with the wider leadership team. The leadership team who basically are all connect group leaders, life group leaders, about 50 of us. And we meet in the top room there and, and we just hang out and worship and pray for a lot of things and do, do stuff. And one of the things I said to him, I said, ask God. And, and he told me that, uh, I said, what do you want me to speak about this Sunday? You know, just before Christmas and then um, into next year. And next day I woke up and it said, no compromise. And I thought, well, that's an interesting word. It's like, you know, and I thought, great, thank you, Lord. And, uh, and so I've been developing that little bit over, over this week. I said, Lord, what do you want to say? And I was led to, um, uh, to this beautiful uh, scripture in Numbers 13, which is all about the, um, the exodus and basically the promised land going into the promised land. Anyway, can we all stand together? And let's, I think we should just read it out loud together. So what I'm going to do is just do the few uh, first uh, two verses, and then it goes to verse 26, and then it ends that, uh, that chapter. So let's just say it together, okay? So the Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. Verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. And there they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But... The man who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those who live in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Lord, Thank you, Jesus, for this word. Blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, we were there only a few months ago, right there at the place that Moses stood, right there where the, the tent spies went in there. Of course, Josh and Caleb came back with a different spirit. They said, we can do it. The other guy says, we can't do it. And we were right there with the whole group. We celebrated last night, actually, with the, the, those people who went to Israel, about 90 here from Christchurch. We celebrated uh, what, what, what we had done and what, what God had done through our lives. It's just an amazing pilgrimage we had uh, only two months ago. And we stood there, right there at Mount Nebo in Jordania, in Jordan, and uh, we looked to the promised land. It was just an amazing, amazing place. And of course, God had given them this land. God says, this is your inheritance. This is your prom promised land. God had spoken. God had spoken. But the problem came here. There was two major issues, two major compromises that they, in the end, had to deal with. And the two compromises that they had was one, that they did not believe the word of the Lord. 
in the end, they compromised the character of God. They compromised the goodness of God. They compromised God. He said so. They didn't believe it, and they were disobedient. And the second thing that they did, also very important, is they compromised their own identity. Two major things, they compromised their own identity. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked to them the same. They forgot that they were the people of God. They forgot that God took them out of, amazingly, out of Egypt, all the way here to the promised land. He, he'd been with them. Miracles had happened all the way along the way. God is good. God is powerful. He loves his people. He loves, and they forgot. They said, we can't do this. They forgot our own identity. We're like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Man, what an what a identity problem they have right there. And I know there were giants in the land, but still, they felt like that by themselves. But it gets worse. And we looked the same to them. Who told them? Did they ask, hello, what do, what do you look at us? How do you see us, you know? No. They said that. It was their own self-talk. We look like grasshoppers. They probably see the same as us, you know, that we look like grasshoppers to them. And, and they felt so small about themselves. Now, the two biggest problems in the Christian church worldwide, and this is through all generations, and I'm so glad we're coming out of it. The two biggest problems is that we have compromised the character of God and we have compromised our own identity in Him. The two biggest things, if we had really sorted this one out, that God is good all the time, that we really know what He is like, who He is like, and all this kind of stuff, it will change our view of Him. It will change our lives in every way. And if we had really believed who we are in Christ Jesus, who really believed what, we had done, what He had done for us, Jesus Christ on the cross, everything that we've been given, it will be a different world. Compromise the character of God and compromise your own identity. We question His goodness. Now, I'm so glad that maybe the last 10 or 20 years or so, we've seen quite a revolution in the church about the character of God, that God is good all the time, that God is all the time good. Even though we sometimes don't, don't maybe feel He's good or we don't think He's done good in our lives or whatever, you know, he never changes. He is always good. And we cannot go and start doubting his character. One of the biggest problems we have is in the area of healing. God did not heal this person. Only God can heal that person. I can't heal that person. I'm just praying for that person. God did not heal that person and it died. It is so easy for us to blame God of what's not, what has not happened. And so easy then to kind of say, okay, and then deduct, then God is not always good because he didn't heal that person. The person died or whatever. And the thing is, though, we, cannot, we don't answer. We, we live in mystery, right? We don't understand why some people don't get healed. It's wonderful the ones who do get healed, and we don't understand everything. But I can tell you something, that it is not God's fault. He is not to blame. You cannot blame the goodness of God because He is absolutely perfect. He is always good, even if we don't understand it, even if we don't get it. And we cannot deduct our theology from this whole thing of our own experience. We cannot do it. Because if you do that, then all the other things start to be compromised in your life. And you start to live a life of compromising His character and who He is. And it will start to affect your confidence in Him, your boldness in Him. And actually it affects straight away your identity in Him. You cannot do it. Well, you can do it, but I'm saying don't do it. 
I'm saying to myself too, I thought when, when God said no compromise, I thought, okay, here we go. What does that look like, you know? But this is what it looked like. We have, we have even, our, even our own lives, we have compromised because if we did not compromise his goodness in our lives, then we would think differently, wouldn't we? If we know that God is always good, he always got our back, he's always loving, always kind, always peaceful, always joyful, always. Wow. And we really understand that, we really live it. It really would change your life, you know. But we don't. We live kind of in the area that we know that in the Bible and stuff. And then we live here somewhere. Right? Always good. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. I love this in the Passion Translation. Every gift God freely gives us is good. And perfect. Everybody say good and perfect. No, that means it is good and perfect. Amen? Amen. Streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject of any change. So God does not change. There's no hidden shadow or darkness in Him. Amen? Ever. Yeah, but... No, not that but doesn't identify God. That, that you can't deduct that, but God. No, 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 no. God is good. We don't understand this, but God is still good. Amen? Amen? He gives us good gifts. That's what the Bible teaches that we know. There's no doubt. He's holy and righteous and perfect in every way. God never changes. He is glorious. He's wonderful. He's powerful. He is just amazing. God is simply amazing. And so we can never compromise our view of God himself. Now, the most wonderful thing is that if you are a Christian sitting here or you're watching here on, on live streaming, is that God has given his life to you, right? So when you're born of God, you are born of him, which is amazing because the same beautiful character he has is now in you. Now, I know we talk about this a lot, and particularly in this place, but it is true, isn't it? And it is so incredibly important. It is so important that we really get this. Because that's why you are so amazing. Tell yourself, I am amazing. Uh, tell your neighbor, you're amazing too. <laughs> you know, we are amazing. We're, we're made in the image of God. Come on. His seed. This is beautiful. Our spirit is beautiful. Yeah, some of our mind and emotions still going to catch up. But still, you know, it's beautiful how God is redeeming us in every way. It is just beautiful. I just absolutely love it. And because he's made us so amazing, that's why it's so hard to compromise. Now, do we still compromise? Yes, we do. We all do every day. But in us is a spirit and a born-again spirit, the new you, who says no compromise. It's in you, right? Right? No compromise. Right there in your, I'm behind your belly button. No compromise. Can we go against that nature? Absolutely we can. Does it feel good? Generally not. You can't go against your nature. Because somehow a war will start happening inside of you. It's not good for you. It is just not good for you. It doesn't feel good. And still many of us compromise. We compromise the character of God. And we compromise our own identity in him. 
See, one of the ways it expresses itself is that we compromise the promises of God. We compromise the promises of God. We actually don't really believe them. There are so many promises in the Bible. There's so many promises that He has given us. We can really trust Him. Amen? Amen. That's what we teach, right? We can really trust Him. But we sometimes don't. Don't we? We just sometimes just don't. Well, why don't we? It's because somehow we still kind of question, right? We all do it. But I'm trying to, I think God is asking us, and I think I'm trying to help you and help myself, that we come to a place that there is no compromise in our view of God. What would life look like if that's the case? And let's, let's go up there. Let's go to that situation. Let's live in that place of no compromise in our lives. Our lives. And, and I've talked about it before, I won't talk about it today, but one of the big problems then is, because we have not always believed the promises of God, we have not always accessed the things that the promises bring into our lives. We have not believed it, and so we don't receive the blessings that are in those promises. Right? You're very quiet, you know. Maybe you're thinking the heart or something. But th- serious, I mean, if we, th- those promises are made for our life. They're really good for us. They bring us into, into, into life, into fullness of God and all this kind of stuff. If we don't believe them, if we don't receive them, and we don't live by them, something starts to grate. Right? It's just the way it is. Some people agree in this place. Now, the second thing, so one is to compromise the character of God. Now, the second thing we compromise is our own identity. We really don't believe who God really made us to be in the fullness of it. Now, in this church, you probably can't get away with that. You know, if you've been here long enough, uh, hopefully God has been working on your identity and you come into this beautiful place who God made you as his sons and his daughters, as his bride. We are the lover uh, of him. He's the lover of us. Uh, we're going to marry him, Jesus, that is. And, and, and just the love that he has for us and the identity and there's no condemnation and there's a full forgiveness and all this kind of beautiful stuff that we have. But still, sometimes we just don't believe it. We just don't believe how much he really loves us. There's still fear comes into our lives and certain things with really perfect love cast out all fear. So if we still have some fear somewhere, and I'm part of that. Man, I was in awakening with you guys and, and I mean, Janelle's fearless, you know. Fearless and, and Todd White and, 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 and Des. They're fearless people, you know. They go on the street, they just preach the gospel, they stand up in the train. Hey, everybody. I was in this place and they got great testimonies, by the way, and they had dreadlocks so they all look cool. You know, now I've got oh, you know, testimony, really. But they have a great testimony. I was like this. Tattoos everywhere, you know. I was one like this, but God saved me. He set me free. He is awesome. God bless you. Have a good day. Just like that. In the plane. I'm seeing them do it. I freak out. I don't even sometimes know and dare to talk. I mean, I dare to speak for 10,000 people. I have no problem with this kind of stuff. I find it not as easy to just go cold turkey on the street and say, hey, do you know God loves you? Because I, I feel like the guy's going to smack me in my face. How dare you even speak to me like that, you know? Now, I'm getting better at it. But I'm saying to you, I'm just being honest with you. I have a lot of gifts, but that is not a good one. <laughs> Serious. I, I don't find it easy to talk. Catherine, do you find it easy maybe to talk to an idol on the street? Just strangers and just say, God loves you and he's got a plan for your life. And right now, just repent and receive Christ. <laughs> I, just, I just find it not very easy. I, I, and the reason why, i tell you why. 
I'll tell you why. For years and years and years, it was my story. I did not feel good enough. I was full of guilt. I was full of fear. Full of everything like uh, uh, insecurity. All these things. Because I did not really know what God was like. Growing up in Holland, although I had great parents and all this kind of stuff, still I did not really get the picture of really what God was like in my own life. This amazing Father for me, this amazing Lord, this amazing Holy Spirit and Jesus, you know, what he's done for me. But also through my own insecurity and some stuff that I've been involved with and stuff, I had identity issues. And because I've done some stupid things in my life, had some abuse in my life and all this kind of stuff, that, that became me, right? Although I knew kind of that God loves me, I loved him too. But there was still a sense of identity that just, I'm just not good enough, you know? So I have, I have a fear of failure. Anybody got a fear of failure? Well, I, find it, I find it easy to stand in front of 10,000 people, this, no problem at all. But smaller groups... You should see when I was young, you know, even when you're married, you get out even. I found it scary to go into a shop and to even pay the bills of the other people at the other side to do the credit card thing and whatever you're paying with. I was, this whole thing of meeting that person, I was fearful. I'm, I'm now you looked at, are you insane? But that was me. Come out of this great five, four generations of preachers all on the globe. I was amazing, you know, my family and whatever. And this is how I felt. That's terrible. But the reason why I felt is because I had no revelation of really what God was like. I had no revelation really of who I was in God. And this obviously had to change in my life. And the biggest thing that the devil has played for the last 2,000 years is getting people out of their identity. And somehow he knows more what you, who you are and who you are more than you do. But he tries to keep you in that corner, even Jesus, before he started his ministry. He says, Jesus, if you are the son of God, right? I mean, how is he there? He knows he's the son of God. Just to kind of, you know, undermine this thing. And I'm coming to a place, and I think that's why Jesus says no compromise. I believe we're coming into, and I'm prophesying this into our church, maybe even wider church. I really felt it's a prophetic thing, and I think uh, David talked about it, two, I think, two weeks ago, that we are coming into a time that the church is going to be of no compromise. Now, there may be only a remnant, not necessarily the whole church. So don't look at the whole church. The whole church, everybody's going to be like that. No, not necessarily. It's always a remnant. It's always, always the people who are kind of, you know. A time of no compromise. That we love Jesus unabandoned because he is just so awesome. And that we really know that he is awesome. But also know that how we have become so awesome in him. And so you have a happy life even though things happen in your life and circumstances and pain and whatever. Because Jesus says in this world you will have trouble but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So there's this line of Judah who is in you. He's roaring. He's strong. He's powerful. And even though there's situations in our lives, we can overcome those things. It doesn't have to. It touches you but it doesn't really touch you. You know what I mean? You're still the same. Your spirit never changes. God never changes. When you walk away from God, he doesn't walk away from you. Try. Some of you have tried. Yeah, run away from him. He says, are you, are you finished? A bit like Forrest Gump, you know. He just keeps on running, running, running. I'm tired. I'm going home, you know. Yeah, get, get tired and go home. And say, Lord, actually, you're actually right. You are still awesome, and I'm awesome in you. But why don't you have that revelation, you know. For years and years and years, I didn't have that revelation, and I didn't have a good life. I had some really good things happening around me, but still in myself, I was not happy. 
In myself, I was not happy. And I, I, there's come a time that we, as sons and daughters of God, we really know who we are, and we really know whose we are, and we're going to be awesome. Romans 8 says the whole creation is waiting for us. Be like Jesus, you know. I mean, Christians are supposed to look like Jesus, right? Well, Jesus had a life with no compromise. No compromise, ever. He always knew who the Father was. Had a beautiful relationship with him. He did what he saw the Father doing. It's just beautiful. He knew who he was, so he could stop the devil. Shut up. You know? It's just beautiful. I suggest, let's, let's keep it really simple, you know? Let's just look like Jesus in every way. He was perfect peace, perfect joy. He was the most happy person who ever lived this earth. And we have all these images about this stuff, you know, even about Jesus, even through my upbringing, you know, I had all kinds of images about who Jesus was, who I was in him. I'm sorry, I appreciate all, this, all those things, and I even came out of Bible college not knowing who I was. Well, that's actually really sad. But praise Jesus. After that, I started learning some things. And then God came and invaded my life, invaded Catherine's life, and we started to look at things, and I really appreciate the different things and influences in our lives. I appreciate Bill Johnson, the whole goodness of God. I never heard about the goodness of God 10 years ago when he started preaching that. I really didn't know that. I heard something about God is good, sure. But God's God, good always, you know, and it changed my life. So these voices in, in the world, these prophetic, prophetic and apostolic voices start to come into the world. Say, guys, we need to shift a little bit. God is revealing more of himself, and, and we start living the way he's always wanted us to live, you know? Amen. Amen? Now, the third thing is part of it, and that's really what I want to go to today, is that, of course, then we cannot compromise our call. We cannot compromise the gospel. It's, it's our first thing. Jesus says before he left, you know, the first thing, our co last command is our first command is our first priority. He is going to the, all the world to preach the gospel. Make disciples of all nations. Surely that is our main thing. Jesus came, he came for the sick. Jesus said they came to seek and save what was lost. Surely then also for us, this will be our gig. It will be our heartbeat, the heartbeat of our church, the heartbeat of your life, the heartbeat of your, even, even whatever you do, the heartbeat of everything around you is all about seeing people saved, seeing people come into a relationship with God. And so we cannot compromise our contribution. You cannot just sit in this chair and come here and then go out and don't do anything. That is wrong. God has called you to much more. You're his disciple, you're his ambassador, you're his son and daughter, and he's going to See his kingdom come through your life. Amen? Yes. This is the only plan he has. Only one plan is plan A. It's got no plan B, and it's you. Yeah. And it's me. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's be happy about it. Say, okay, let's get out, that out of the way, you know. Here we go. You know, this is what we do. And that's why the 111 card, guys, put the names of the people that you are looking for. It could be your, somebody you work with, or it could be your neighbor, minus neighbor. He came at one time, but he didn't come to faith, but I'm, I'm going to get him again, you know, because his wife died last year, and he, he is in heaven, I know, and I told him, you want to join her, and, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm talking to him about this stuff, you know, and this is just a decision away, you know, and uh, I've got other people on my card, and start praying for these people, and let's, at, at, at Christmas, let's bring these people, for Christmas, it's kind of okay to go to church, and I was like, 
In the Western world, like, you can kind of go to church, you know, Easter and Christmas. So let, come and let's surprise him with the power of God and the joy of the Holy Spirit, you know, and just the, God just invade their lives, you know. So let's do this kind of stuff. It's important that we, do, that we don't compromise the stuff that he's given to us. We cannot compromise the gifts and the talents that we each have. All of us have got gifts and talents. Ephesians talks a lot about that we all are being grafted into this beautiful body of Christ and we're serving the body with our gifts and our talents and our money and everything that we have, we support this beautiful outreach. I was so impressed with Life Church yesterday. I mean, their, their goal is in 2020 to give away $20 million a year. They just told us last, yesterday. $20 million a year give away to the community. I mean, Phil Goff says, these guys are changing Auckland, and then you get all the other big churches doing the same thing, and they're all together, and they're making an impact. I would love us to start businesses from outside this church, or things outside this church, or inside the church, that we can see some more finance raised up, and so we can not only pay the bills here, we can actually serve other people, love other people, see things cleared up, and do stuff in the community. Let's start doing stuff. But it's all together because we got different giftings here. All of us, all of us are in this game. Amen? Amen? Sorry? There's destiny in your hands. Look at your hands. Come on, moment. Come on. Look at your hands. There's destiny in your hands. Through your hands, somebody will get saved. Through your hands, somebody will get healed. Somebody through your hands will get fed. Somebody will be blessed through your hands, through your heart. So we can do this all together. The destiny of people is in our lives and God wants to work through our lives. Amen? To help other people. So don't compromise what you have. Don't compromise what you have. We live now. Carpe diem. Seize the day. Pluck the dag. Moeder. Pluck the dag. Not pluck the dak. <laughs> Typical pluck the dak. I just quite like that. Pluck the dak. Pluck the dak. Pluck the dak. No, no. Pluck the dag. Everybody say pluck the dag. Like the duck. I love it. This is awesome. This is great, you know. What's in your hand? What's your destiny? You are alive right now. You don't know, but uh, Warren had a, had a heart attack uh, yesterday, two days ago. Warren, he's here, not sure, you know. Warren and Rose. And he's fine, by the way. He says greetings to everybody. But he had a heart attack after this. Uh, he had a, um, the meeting with the um, table of eight. And at the end, he says, mm, I feel very good, you know. And the whole day was like, mm, feeling very good. I better go and start sweating. A bit like what I had a couple of years ago. Went to the thing. Uh, one of his minor arteries was blocked. And so they put a stent in and he's happy. He's actually very happy and uh, almost too happy for his wife. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like wonderful. If you're watching, it's awesome. So, so pray. just pray for quick recovery right now. Warren, complete restoration for your health. And you're going to live a, a long life in Jesus' name. But, you know, on that, on that feed, somebody else says, yes, happen to somebody. You gotta, when those signs are there, go to A&E. Because a friend of mine is 48, 47, dead. Three, you know, three out of three heart attacks that people get, one dies. So it is risky, you know. So when you have something, this is kind of advice. If you feel your heart's doing something, please don't wait so it will be good. Go to A&E because they can, uh, they can help. You don't know when you're going to die. We don't know how long we have. Seize the moment right now. Let's seize the moment as a church. Let's seize the moment as individual people. Let's just seize the moment.
I mean, the graveyard is the most potent place of vision, of destiny. It's all dead. It's gone with the people who died. Let's not be those people. Let's fulfill everything that God has gifted you, called you to do that. Come on. We only live one day. Some of you may need to change jobs. Some need to go after some stuff. Let's do some stuff. And let's do it for the sake of the gospel. Amen? We cannot compromise thinking. Thinking anymore. We can't compromise unbelief in our lives. All things are possible. Amen? So don't start thinking the other way around. Even though you can't see it, start believe it and start declaring it in your life. We can't compromise generosity. It will always pinch you in the butt. <laughs> Serious. Punch, pinch you in the butt? Is that a saying? I think so. I'll bite you in the butt. Oh, that's a bit, sounds awful, that one. <laughs> Who's going to bite you in the butt? That's a bit, you know. Pinch you in the butt, that's more, you know. Ow, you know. My wife does that. She doesn't bite me in the butt, you know. She pinches me in the butt, you know. <laughs> Generosity, you know. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, the God has the principles. Don't compromise on generosity. Don't compromise on any principles. I oh, have no time for that. I want to finish. I want to worship. But the thing is, though, you know, don't, don't compromise in, uh, in sexuality. That means no, no, no sex before marriage. That's called fornication. Stop it if you're doing it. That means no sex after marriage with somebody else. That's called adultery. Stop it. Don't do it. It's always going to bite you in the bum, pinch you in the back, bum, whatever. It's going to come and chase you in your life. We are blessed to be a blessing. And we do not want to compromise our lives. I tell you something, and you know it, that every time you compromise something, it's going to come to haunt you, come down to haunt you. Always. It's never got. It may look fun for a while or whatever. It's always going to come back like a boomerang and hit you in the face or in the bum. And it's not going to be good. So just stop it. One of the greatest things that we can't show today, but it's this great counseling uh, video that is online. Some of you have seen it. And uh, the, the lady just pours out her heart. And then the guy at the end says, you know what? Just stop it. Just stop it. Some of us need to just stop it. Stop compromising whatever you're compromising at this time. Stop blaming God. Stop blaming other people. And some of you should stop blaming yourself also. I'm not saying that you can't change. Of course you have to change. But stop blaming yourself. Stop saying, hey, but take responsibility for yourself. Absolutely. Most of the pastoral care that we do and we see people, they're offended with people or offended with God. If they really know what God is like, if they really would know how they are like, they'll be able to quickly forgive. I did a wedding the other day of Araha. Hey? Shikel. She's called Aroha Shikel. Everybody say Shikel. Shikel is French. So we just married her at a home, um, just on, on um, somewhere, Thursday. And then she's going to have the big wedding in uh, France. Uh, many of us can't go there, but it's all good. You're invited, I think. I'm invited. I guess they can come if they want to. <laughs> Sorry, I can't say it, of course, for you, Aroha, but uh, nobody can do it anyway. It's a lot of money. But anyway, the thing is, though, the whole point is, though, uh, why, why was I saying this? I had some idea. Beautiful wedding, beautiful day, beautiful marriage. I have no idea why I said it like this. No, no, not that. No, 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 no. Pastoral care, stop it. Anyway, that's all good. 
We love you, Aroha. Congratulations. This is amazing. Guys, we cannot be half-hearted. We cannot be half-hearted towards Jesus Christ. We cannot be double-minded. And some of us have been double-minded. I think all of us struggle with that at times. But I think if we have a revelation of who God is and who we are, we will, uh, we will you know, stop that. Let's be people of no compromise. You know, we've got to guard our hearts. The Bible says to guard your heart, to guard your mind, to guard your emotions, but to focus on Jesus and to be boiling hot for Jesus. I love this scripture. We did it a couple of weeks ago, but I love it. Romans 12, 11. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him, boiling hot. Come on. Come on. God called no compromise. Boiling hot, radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit. Let Him fill you with excitement as you serve Him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing and continued joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. That's why Jesus was so incredibly contagious. Everybody loved Jesus. Everybody followed Him. Why do you think there were certainly 5,000 people, 20,000 people? Why? Because He was amazing. He was so full of life full of joy, full of wisdom, all these things. So we have little Jesuses all around, you and me. We can be like that too. So keep it hot. Let's say stay boiling hot for Jesus. Actually, our slogan says, passion for God, compassion for people. Let's not be the church that Jesus talks about in Revelation 3.16, but because you are neither hot nor cold, lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out from my mouth. Oh, grace people struggle with this thing, you know. I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. That doesn't mean that God's going to reject you. But he is saying, guys, if you're half-hearted, don't do it. Because you will not live the life that I have for you. Live a life of no compromise. Actually, what it says here, I looked at it. It says it's really, in some ways, a call to repent and return to a place of being passionate and zealous for God. And in the Aramaic, it says, I am about to reprimand you. And give, and, and give you out of my mouth. So what is it? It's like a father. It's like a friend saying, stop it. In love, stop it. This is not good for you. Have a passion for God. Don't lose your zeal for God. Every time you get into trouble, commune with him. Focus on him. That's why I love having communion. Yesterday, somebody came to me at that meeting, Catherine, and, and he said to me, Gideon, I didn't think that doing communion every day, I thought it's going to be a ritual. After a while, I don't like it anymore. It's going to be boring and this and that. He says, Gideon, since I've done it, since, since October in, uh, in Israel, he says, I've done it every day. He says, it's changing my life. I love it. I love it. It gets better all the time. Gets better all the time. Commune with him, particularly when you're in trouble. Commune with him. I love, look, look at this, compromise, that word. It's com, promise. Isn't that amazing? So the word compromise is made up of com, promise. Com means with, with promise. See, we were called to live a life of promise. Amen? That's why the promised land, right? The promised land takes you, the promise of God takes you into the promised land, but compromise leaves you in the desert, Right? For 40 years, they had to stay in the desert. The whole generation had to die. Compromise and not promise. We are people of promise. We're going to march into this thing. God told me he made us powerful. We're going to do this. And not compromise. We don't understand God. We second guess him. We blame him. We don't trust him. I don't trust myself. I don't even know myself. Blah, blah, blah. And we're going to be weak. Let's not go there. Musicians, you can come up if you want to. In a minute, I'm going to call you to the front, those who want no compromise. And I'll be the f right there.
Well, I'll be maybe here, but right here. I'm here already. <laughs> to the life of no compromise. As we go into 2019, we all know the compromise that we're involved with. And you know, sometimes it's just good at the end of this year and start thinking about the future of going into 2019. Say, Lord, I am going to live a life of no compromise. Help me, of course. Strengthen me. This is not a try harder thing. This is not like, oh, you know, like we've got to, no. It's just flowing with the Holy Spirit. It's having the right perspective about God, having the right perspective about yourself, and living, faithfully trusting Him every day. It is absolutely beautiful. No compromise in our relationship. No compromise with our kids. Maybe some of you need to spend some more time with your kids or with your parents. No compromise any relationship. Maybe more time with your wife, your husband. You've compromised your time, working too hard. Let's not be those kind of people. Let's not compromise on our giving. Let's not compromise on using our talents. Let's not compromise on the call of God that each one has in our lives, right? And let's, let's start believing the promise of God. They are yes and amen for a reason. They're yes and amen. The promise are all yes and amen. So you can trust God. He will supply all your needs according to riches and glory. You can trust Him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can trust Him. Seek first the kingdom of God and all the other things will come into your life too. You can trust Him. Let's together trust God. You know, we owe it to Jesus, the Lamb who was slain, that He might receive the full reward of His suffering. It's the God of the universe. He became a baby for you right at Christmas and went to a cross 30 years later that we might have His life into our lives. We owe it to our neighbor who's, 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 who's right now, possibly, staring down the barrel of a Christless eternity. We owe it to our city. Most people do not believe Christ. It's not going to be good for them when they die. They need God. It's the goodness of God that leads them to repentance. Let's share. Let's be God. Let's be Christ in their lives. I'll tell you one more. We owe it to Israel. As you know, that they've been blinded for a while until the full measure of the Gentiles has come in. That's our task. Getting the Gentiles to be saved. And the faster we do that, the faster Jesus can come back, can come back the faster He can reveal Himself like Joseph did to His family. He says, you've, this is the one you crucified. The whole of Israel will weep, but they will see Jesus. The eyes will be opened and they'll be saved. What an amazing time. But it's up to us. We're it. So I suggest that we even now, we're just going to sing a song. I just want you to just, just come and stand here if you say, Lord, I want a life of no compromise. And of course you can do it in your chair. But there's something about coming to the front. There's something about standing. There's something about moving and making an action like, I'm going to do this, Lord, with your grace and your power, I'm going to stand because I want a life of no compromise. And at the same time, I suggest with some of the things you struggle with, some of the compromises you've made in your life, you know what they are. Even as you walk down, you say, thank you, Jesus, you're going to take this compromise. You've already forgiven me, but Lord, I, I, I confess these things and I want you to just change my life. I want you to empower me to give those things up, addictions, whatever they are, so I can be free. Jesus came to set us free. Amen. Why don't, why don't we come to the front right now if you want to say, Lord, I want to live a life of no compromise. No compromise.
I believe we're coming into a time that the Holy Spirit, I think will not allow compromise in the church because it really compromises nature and He's, He just wants everybody to know His nature, His love in nature. And I think it's the time coming right now that we can't compromise the gospel. We can't compromise the things of God. I think there comes a time the church will be very uncomfortable with compromise. And can I say, rightly so. And so Jesus, as we stand there, Holy Spirit, Father God, we thank you so much for everything you've done in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for filling us with your promise, with your anointing, with your life. And Lord, today we as a church community say, Lord, we want to, as a church community and as individuals, we want to say, Lord, we will live a life of no compromise. Why don't we say this together? We live a life of no compromise. Say it again. I will live a life of no compromise. And we will walk, Lord, with promise. We will walk into the promised land as a church. We will walk into the promised land in our individual situations, whatever they are. Lord, with boldness, because we know who you are. And thank you that you're revealing who you are, Lord, that you're always good, you're always loving and always kind. And also thank you, Lord, that you're also revealing who we are in your identity, Lord, that we will not question our identity any longer. But we will say, thank you, Lord, who you made me to be. You made me awesome. And because you made me awesome and because you are awesome, I'm going to ask other people to come into this awesomeness too. And through our lives, we will see many, many people touched through the goodness of God.